It's time to experience the Synergy Connection Show with your host, Lucy Forsting. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Synergy Connection Show, where we do our best to connect the dots between our physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual facets. Um, 2020 was a crazy year. 2021 is proving to be almost as crazy, uh, I think, as 2020 was. And the big, important, um, common element that we still see is the responsibility that each of us has to staying healthy ourselves. Um, A lot of people obviously have received the vaccine, some people because of religious beliefs or because of other personal reasons have not. I like the fact that we have choices. I mean, that's what I believe America is all about is the fact that we have choices. But the most important feature, because we have breakthrough COVID uh, happening on a daily basis, is that um, we have personal responsibility to ourselves, you know, to stay healthy. And so that means, in my estimation at least, you know, looking at how are you sleeping? If you're not sleeping very well, what do you need to do to improve that? Uh, Are you exercising? Are you getting out in fresh air? Um, How about your diet? You know, we have, it's really kind of funny, used to be called the freshman 15 when kids went away to college and they gained 15 pounds. Now it's the COVID 15. Although I have heard several doctors that have been interviewed that say it's really more like 30 pounds that people have, you know, put on. And that is stress eating. So probably has a lot of sugar because sugar is very addictive and probably eating later than you should at night. So all of these features are so important as we look at our health and wellness. And what I'm still recommending and will continue to recommend is go to my website, which is www.synergyconnectionradio.com. When you get in there, click on the Boomers Forever Young newsletter. Sign up for it. It's free. Um, Go to their website. Take a look at some of the products that they have that can keep you healthy. Um, I tell everyone you need to be on D as in dog three. And the next time you have a physical, you need to ask for the D3 blood test. That will tell you your immune system. And you need to have that number be at least at 70 or above. Uh, Mine happens to be an 82, so I'm not terribly concerned about any breakthrough COVID or COVID in general. Uh, The other thing that you need to be very aware of is your inflammation level. And that test is done with a C-reactive protein blood test. You want that number to be below one. Mine is a 0.3. One of the things that you can do to get your inflammation level down is to use, um, in our case uh, with boomers, it is their gladiator barley or their heirloom barley. And it's not a grain, it's a sprout and it's created in Canada for boomers. So you might wanna listen to the video and read a little bit about that and consider taking that to reduce your inflammation level because every disease begins with high inflammation levels. And people that are pre-diabetic or diabetic guaranteed that your inflammation level is probably around a three or higher. Again, you want it below one. So just having said that, the responsibility for each of us 
is our own physical wellness. And uh, we need to really pay attention to that because the newest variant, um, I haven't heard too much about it yet, but is mu, MU. So we've had, you know, COVID-19, we've had the Delta variant, and now we've got mu. And who knows, you know, what else will be coming down the road. So just take responsibility, put down the Twinkie, and, you know, go ahead and get healthy um, as much as you possibly can. All right, I have as a returning guest, Laurel Clark, and she's a certified dreamologist. She's the author of the book, Intuitive Dreaming, and she's the contributing author to seven other books that are about dreams. Uh, she is a board member and past president and former board chair of the International Association for the Study of Dreams. And she's done a bunch of other things that are equally important. But we're going to be talking today about uh, the law of attraction. I would say that almost everybody has heard that term. I'm not sure a lot of people understand it and understand exactly how it works. So Laurel and I are going to have this little conversation about the law of attraction and other universal laws that are out there. And she wrote a book about this. So welcome, Laurel. Thank you, Lucy. Glad to be here. I'm glad to have you back on the show. Uh, what was the name of the book that you actually wrote? It's called The Law of Attraction and Other Secrets of Visualization, which um, this is actually a revision of a book that I wrote in the 1990s that was also on visualization and universal laws. Um, that one was called Shaping Your Life, The Power of Creative Imagery. So that came out long before the movie, The Secret popularized the idea of the law of attraction. Maybe Universal they borrowed from you. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> they might've read it or might've, I mean, you know, we, we have these parallel universes that are, present all the time. So I think sometimes, you know, you can be in one and right next to you is the person who's uh, gleaning information maybe from you. And then in their universe, they're writing a book or a movie and, you know, you're doing your thing. Could be. <laughs> um, so in your book, what do you actually, you know, how do you bring the reader into that understanding of this is how life works? It gives people a paradigm or a picture of how the mind works and how it relates to other minds. So when I use the word mind, I'm not talking about the brain, which is a physical organ. Mm -hmm. I'm talking about the spirit, the soul, the psyche. And there is a principle that is called mental broadcasting that works very much like the internet or like a radio or television broadcast. If you think about, let's say you want to listen to classical music, mm -hmm. you find on your radio dial, the station that plays classical music, you tune into it and you can receive the broadcast. Now that broadcast is going out all the time, probably 24 hours a day but you only hear it when you tune your receiver to receive it. And that's how the law of attraction works, which also works hand in hand with another universal law called the law of cause and effect, 
many people confuse those two and they think the law of attraction means if you think something, then it happens. That's actually the law of cause and effect, which is that thought is cause and effect is its manifest likeness. In other words, what we think is what we cause. The law of attraction works a little bit differently, which is that the conscious mind that we use when we're awake, we use it to make decisions, we use it to imagine that when we create an image of something in our conscious mind and then visualize it, concentrate on it, that is like a mental broadcast that is going out into the universe or into universal mind. And people, everybody's doing that all at the same time. So if there's something that I want, like I want to listen to classical music and there's not the same desire, but a corresponding desire. So someone who is a musician who wants to play music those are compatible desires, the person who wants to play the music, the person who wants to hear the music, and how those two come together is through this law of attraction. So it could be finding the radio station, tuning into it, there's music playing, it could be finding a concert and going to hear the music in person. I'm using the radio analogy because that's very much how the mind works. And it does not have to be something that we want to physically listen to. It can be anything that we want, a relationship that we want, a job that we want, um, finding a vacation. It can be something not physical or material, like wanting to um, have greater well-being, greater peace of mind, the key in terms of understanding how this law of attraction works is that we need to image or imagine what we want. And then that becomes like a magnet that either draws to us or we are drawn toward people, places, things, circumstances that have the corresponding need. And so that's, it's like a magnetic attraction. That's why it's called the law of attraction this is what I need, this is what I need. They're not the same, but they're corresponding. And so then they come together in uh, having the desire fulfilled, having what people call synchronicity or coincidence, that it might seem like magically, I was talking about something and the person behind me in line at the post office heard me and turned around and said, oh my gosh, you know, I'm looking for somebody to work at exactly that kind of job or whatever the, uh, the match is that happens. Hmm. Um, okay, so I guess I'm gonna, you know, ask for a little clarification here because um, for instance, somebody who is driving, I'll put them in a car. So this might be cause and effect, I'm not sure. Um, so they're driving and they, you know, were worried, let's say about, uh, traffic, delaying them for an appointment. So that's in their mind as they get in the car and now they're driving to the appointment. And sure enough, there's an accident or there's a bottleneck of some sort because they're working on the road. And now 
absolutely they're going to be late for that appointment. Did they attract that to them because of their thoughts or did their thoughts cause it to happen? I guess I'm kind of like in a quandary as far as which is which here. So I would say neither of those. I would say that it's probably clairvoyance on that person's part that the accident either had already happened or was getting ready to happen. And the person who's getting in the car who did not allow extra time perceived consciously or unconsciously that there was a traffic tie up. So I I do not think that they caused the accident, whether uh, I think it was that they were clairvoyantly aware that those conditions were present. Okay, so not that they would have caused the accident, that's not where I was going, but I'm wondering if, because they had a fear, you know, I always talk about false evidence appearing real. And a lot of times our fears get manifested one way or the other. So I just, I wasn't sure whether this was a situation where their fear of being late or their fear of running into traffic was then creating that very issue, not the causing of the accident, but the conditions of being late or the conditions of a traffic jam. So if it was clairvoyant, then you know, maybe they need to get into touch with that aspect of who they are and choose a different road. (laughs) Or they need to prepare by planning extra time instead of cutting it so close that if anything, if you look at your GPS and it says, okay, it's going to take you 20 minutes to get to this place. Mm -hmm. If you allow 20 minutes, then you are expecting that everything has to run exactly perfectly and exactly smooth. Mm -hmm. So rather than limiting your options, which is how I look at that, if you want to expand your options, I would leave extra time. That way, if there is a traffic accident, you have time to take a detour, you have extra time. So if it takes you 30 minutes instead of 20 minutes, you're fine. Mm -hmm. And I think that's one of the areas where some of the popular ideas about the law of attraction are not accurate and actually are confusing to people. Right. That it's not based on the awareness that we do live in a physical world. We do have physical bodies. There are physical things that happen. That doesn't mean that we are physical beings. I think that we are spiritual beings who live in a physical world, but there are laws that affect the physical world too, like gravity. So there are physical rules that we live with, like um, speed limits. So I think that part of being able to harmonize with the universal laws is being aware that as you were saying in the introduction, we have a responsibility to care for our physical bodies and our physical health. We have a responsibility to be aware of what the rules are that operate in this physical world instead of thinking, I don't have to pay attention to this. I can fly in my dreams so I can jump off this rooftop and 
fly. It, that's not true because the physical law of gravity, it means that if I jump off the rooftop, I'm going to fall to the ground. Right, right, exactly. All right, so let's, um, let's really look at a very concrete example of cause and effect. So the cause would be, you know, what? So cause and effect starts with our thoughts, that our thoughts are cause <clears throat> and the effect is what that produces. So let's say I have a thought and a, a lot of people do this, they say affirmations. One of my favorite affirmations is I look for and appreciate the good. So if I start my day with that thought and I fill my mind with that thought, then as I go through my day, I will have at the top of my mind to look for and appreciate the good. So if I walk by a piece of paper on the ground, I, if I started out my day with the thought, people are irresponsible and nobody cares about anybody else, I could see that piece of paper on the ground and think, okay, here's a piece of evidence that nobody cares because they just threw their trash on the ground. If I have the thought in my mind, I look for and appreciate the good, I see the piece of paper on the ground and think, this is great. I can help the environment by picking up the piece of paper and throwing it away. Okay. So the thoughts that we have influence how we look at life. I would not say that that thought I look for and appreciate the good means I'm never going to see a piece of trash on the ground. It's just it how you respond to it. Right. And what, how I interpret it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, in so many cases, and I know you've had this experience too, where somebody has had a health issue. It doesn't make any difference what kind it is, a broken bone or, you know, whatever it might be. <clears throat> but with that health issue, so many times people say, it gave me time to rethink, you know, who I am, what I'm all about. The experience taught me something. It might be patience, it might be understanding, it might be take time to smell the roses, um, but it taught them something. And I've heard this from a lot of people who have had near-death experiences or, you know, faced cancer or, you know, something else that was pretty traumatic and yet they come through it. There was a little boy that was interviewed actually yesterday. I think it was on the evening news and um, he was 12 years old and he's uh, trying to become the youngest uh, junior ninja. Okay. And I think when he was, I want to say seven or eight, a bungee cord hit him in his eye, one of his eyes. And so it technically left him blind in that eye. So anybody who has vision issues, becoming a ninja, you know, is like really crazy because you have to have balance and coordination and, you know, hand-eye um, operating. You know, and so he's minus one of his eyes. His comment, and he's just a, an incredible kid, but his comment was, you know, the only person that puts limitations on you is yourself. And obviously he didn't look at himself as having any limitations. And so he's, he's going for it and he's really quite an awesome kid and very talented. Um, so this cause and effect to me, it, it represents that 
you know, uh, he could approach life by saying, oh, poor me, I only have one eye to work with. But he didn't do that. He said, life is full of challenges and I'm going to overcome them. So would that be like cause and effect too, the way you're looking at things? Yes, absolutely. Okay. Um, and then the law of attraction itself, which is obviously different than cause and effect. Go ahead and give um, you know listeners a really good understanding of how that's different than cause and effect. So the law of attraction simply stated is both like attracts like and opposites attract. So if you think about magnetic attraction, you have two opposite poles that draw together. With the law of attraction, the opposite poles are two or more people who have corresponding needs. So I'm a teacher. In order for me to teach, which is my desire, I need students. If someone is a student, they need a teacher. So those are corresponding needs. If you have two people who are teachers, they can collaborate, they can communicate, but in most cases, they're not going to teach each other because that's the same pole. So that would be like having the two positive um, sides of a magnet come together rather than the positive and the negative, the teacher and the student come together. And I'm sure you've heard the saying, when the student is ready, the teacher will appear. Mm -hmm. That's an example of the law of attraction. If there's something that I want to learn, I might look on the internet, I might go to a bookstore, I might go to a library, and I can probably find someone who's teaching what I'm looking for, but it might come some other way. It might be a post from a friend on Facebook. It might be a friend of a friend who's talking about someone they know. So for example, last night I went to um, a dinner at a restaurant that was a meet and greet for, uh, it was sponsored by Parks and Recreation. And a friend of mine who used to work for the chamber for this particular place, she invited me to come. Uh, we were talking to the woman who set up the event. And my friend said to the woman who set up the event, I just want to let you know that Laurel is a teacher. She's an author. She's a public speaker. And the woman said, oh, do you ever like to do classes? So through her parks and recreation, she offers classes. She's looking for teachers. I didn't go to this event at, to promote myself as a teacher. I just went as a social event to be with my friend and to meet some people. But I would call that an example of the law of attraction that this woman who's in charge of uh, the parks and rec who needed teachers to set up classes got connected with me through my friend being the conduit for that to happen. Okay. Um, how about, I mean, I hear this a lot in relationships or like, you know, social groups where you're looking for Miss someone or Mr. Someone. And so they tell you to go ahead and think about all of the traits 
that you want in your next relationship. So I've had, you know, different people say um, that I've known personally that they wrote down everything that they wanted in, in a relationship. So it might be loyalty and trust and great communication skills and, you know, common interest. And they'll have a list of, you know, 50, 60, 70 things that they really think are important in a relationship. Does doing that exercise with law of attraction, and as you think about, you know, how important maybe those features are to you, will that be an example of the law of attraction that I'm, you know, visually looking at it, I'm thinking about it, I'm projecting that out into the universe, and therefore I'm opening myself up to that kind of person walking into my life. That's a great question. And the way you have asked it, I would say yes, if you are writing down what you want in a relationship. If you are writing down what you want in an ideal mate, I would say no, because people have free will. It's not like we're making a puppet or a voodoo doll. <laughs> and we don't have control of other people, we have control of ourselves. So if I write down, these are the qualities in me that I want to express, that I want to share, that I want to give, these are the dynamics that I want in a relationship, then yes, when I meet somebody or I'm introduced to somebody, or if I'm thinking, could this be a potential partner, I can assess is this going to be a good match for me to be able to express these qualities and for the relationship to have these elements? But if I'm saying, okay, I want someone who's this height and this weight and who works at this kind of job, right? It's um, that's not in my control is to make somebody else in my image. Right, right. So you really, um, you know, for people that do those exercises, you really and truly want to be thinking about the impact, I guess, of, of both. I mean, I look at relationships as collaborative um, situations, you know, that each person has their own needs and their own wants and desires. But when you can collaborate and kind of reach middle ground, because I don't think it's ever one way or the other way you know, unless somebody is abdicating all of their rights and just saying, okay, whatever you want is fine with me. But otherwise it's that negotiation of being able to come together. So if they're creating this um, um, situation where you're gonna be attracting more ideally the person that you can collaborate with, that works. If you're saying, they have to make this much a year and have this color hair and this color eyes and this body build, then no, then, then it's more like your voodoo doll, I guess. Yes. And I think what's important for people to realize is that attraction is a receptive function. It's not an aggressive function. So even saying I'm going to attract this person, it's more accurate to say, these are the qualities in me that are attractive. So that if somebody is drawn to me, it's not that I'm pulling them in. Mm -hmm. It's an aggressive function. 
It's that I am emanating or broadcasting these qualities that are attractive. So, so if you even think about the, the paradigm of, um, it, and I don't mean this in terms of gender, I mean it in terms of what feminine and masculine is or what positive and negative is, like with an electric current. Mm-hmm. That the masculine or positive or aggressive function is to reach out the receptive or feminine quality receptive is to draw. And so those come together. Right. So I don't know if anybody even knows that photography photographs used to be developed in a dark room. Yes. And so when somebody took a photograph on a camera, not a digital camera, the light image that they snapped with the shutter, that light image was reflected onto the film. And then the film was put in a solution where there were, I think it was silver electrons that were drawn to that image, the uh, negative that was put into that solution had a certain image. So that negative was receptive And then once it was placed in the solution, it activated these electrons to actually rush toward that negative image to be able to produce the photo that then we could see. And that's what happens in the inner mind or the subconscious mind with the law of attraction that we actually activate the uh, magnetism for people, places, things, situations, to come into our world, to come into our awareness because of what we are mentally broadcasting. Yeah, that is so, so interesting when you think of it that way. Um, there's, with myself personally, I approach my own life uh, if I'm you know, traveling or, or going someplace other than just you know, working. But I, I kind of approach life with uh, this sense of adventure like what's next, but always expecting it to be something positive. And like, I don't know what I'm going to see. I don't know who I'm going to meet. I don't know what, you know, the day is going to hold for it, but it'll be something exciting and fun. And it never, ever fails to disappoint. I mean, there is always someone new or a situation, an animal, a sunset, something, you know, that at the end of the day, you kind of go, wow, that was just really a cool day with some cool events or experiences in it. And I know that that would be what you're saying is, is the idea of drawing to you the exact, you know, the exact expectation. Like I know there will be something that will be a a positive situation. So that's more the law of attraction as I'm understanding it than the cause and event, right? The law of attraction is the magnetism, that principle of magnetism, how things come together in seemingly miraculous ways. The synchronicities, yeah. Yeah, the cause and effect is that our thoughts cause our reality. And that's what many people think is the law of attraction, but that is actually the law of 
cause and effect, that our thoughts create our reality. The law of attraction is how we magnetize the situations, the people, the places, the things to enable our needs to be met because there are corresponding needs that draw us to or we are, or we are drawn to people, places, and things and opportunities. We still need to respond. I mean, I could be standing in the line at the post office talking with my friend about the job that I want. The person in front of me could be listening and has the job, but they never turn around and say anything. So even though that attraction has occurred, that I'm in the right place at the right time, if the person in front of me doesn't turn around and say anything, I'm not going to know that they have the opportunity that I'm wanting. And there's nothing that you can do to actually make that person turn around. Exactly. So that would be just, you know, sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't, you know, I don't know whether there's anything that can be done to create, you know, a different outcome in that situation. I would say that it's an example of the fact that human beings have free will. So Mm -hmm. it requires us respecting the fact that people make choices. That's why we can't manifest a person in our life. We can choose a person. We can choose to go to this event or not. And even if we're in a situation like with the post office, I can decide I'm not going to try to even get this job or I can keep going to different places and making phone calls until I do end up coming into contact with the person or the opportunity. Hmm. I can see where people would be genuine, genuinely confused as to it's like, which comes first, the chicken or the egg? Um, Because let's just say that there is um, a child and the child you know, knows they want to be a teacher or they want to be a doctor or they want to be an attorney, uh, eventually a judge, or they want to be, you know, go to the Olympics. I mean, there's so many choices out there every single day of what we may decide we want to do. And so, you know, if let's just use the Olympics, you know, so they decide that it's really important for them to eventually be in an Olympic event. So then their choices are going to be along the lines of how do I get myself prepared physically to become an Olympian someday, right? Sure. And so now, um, you know, I go, I, I take the classes, I work really hard, I compete, I keep moving up in the ranks. And then someday I'm chosen, you know, to represent the United States in the Olympics. So those were all choices that I made from early on, you know, to get me where I, you know, eventually wanted to go. And, and I might have decided that I wanted to be a physician or, you know, sit on the bench someday with a Supreme Court. But so I have to put myself constantly out there to experience life and not sit back at home saying, I wish. So that goes not 
not with the law of attraction so much as it is, you know, the choices that I make. I think they're related because the choices that I make will put me in situations to come into contact with people who have corresponding desires. So it requires choice to be able to align with all of the universal laws. I mean, if you think about laws of the physical universe, there is a law of gravity that operates. That doesn't mean that things are falling all the time. If you drop something, then it will fall because of the law of gravity. But it doesn't mean that the law of gravity is um, all the things in my house aren't falling off of tables and chairs because there's a law. (laughs) Right. Same thing is true with the universal laws. The universal laws don't make things happen. They are conditions of how the universe operates, but we're the actors in the universe. So it's always up to us to make choices. And then how those choices produce results in our lives, we can explain through the universal laws. So there's another universal law we haven't talked about that's called the law of believing and knowing. And a belief is an idea, an image that we accept into ourselves. And once we have completely accepted it, it becomes planted in the subconscious mind, very much like you would plant a seed in the soil. And so if you use the analogy of seeds planted in the soil, some seeds, if it's wildflowers, they might just grow on their own, but most of them require water, they require sunlight, some of them require um, pulling weeds. I have some plants in my backyard that the deer completely annihilated. So I should have put, you know, more of the uh, deer repellent stuff around. So the seeds require tending in order to produce a plant. And the same thing is true of the things that we believe about ourselves, like the Olympian, the kid has to first believe that it's possible to be in the Olympics. And if he or she believes that, and then practices and does all of the things required, that's part of tending and cultivating that seed idea so that it can eventually produce fruit in terms of going to the Olympics. And that's why what we believe about ourselves is related to the law of cause and effect and the law of attraction and some other universal laws. And people sometimes are not conscious of what they believe and therefore um, they are not always aware of how that might help or hinder what they're wanting to create in themselves and in their lives. Right. Right. Well, a lot of the people, you know, cause I still work with couples and with individuals uh, therapeutically. And one of the things that comes out constantly is, is your belief system. So I'm glad you brought that up because it is, definitely a a rule of thumb in therapy is you can be again that child um, that uh, you know wants to be an olympian but if they're in a home where there's no money 
you know, where there's um, maybe alcohol and or drug abuse, where there's the potential of sexual abuse, when you have all of that going on around, you know, that child, it probably is a pure fantasy in their mind that they could somehow escape all of that, find the funds, be able to go and be trained to eventually be an Olympian. And so maybe that is their escape, you know, just to have that belief, wouldn't it be wonderful to fly? Wouldn't it be wonderful to, you know, be able to do something that I really want to do, but no, there's, there's no hope that that will ever happen. So that child may grow up and move into a life of limited beliefs. Unlike that little boy I mentioned earlier that was hit with a bungee cord, lost the sight of one eye, but, you know, has the belief that anything is possible as long as you believe it. So he somehow came out of a home environment or some sort of environment that allowed him to look at life differently than another child who looked around and said, there's no hope. My life is always going to be this way and I just have to accept it. So that's, you know, again, you know, another little um, facet, if you will, of our belief systems creating that reality. Is, is it the law of attraction at that point? Is it cause and effect? Is it everything combined? Because they have a belief based upon maybe their environment that says this is possible or this isn't possible. I think those are all influences. I also think it's important to realize that in my opinion and perspective, we come into this world with certain soul lessons, certain karma, as well as understandings. And that has an influence on how we interpret the home environment. So Wil Wilma Rudolph, for example, had polio when she was a child mm -hmm. and the doctors told her she was never going to be able to walk again. And her mother told her that she would. And so it wasn't just the belief. It was what she did with all of that to get to a point that she could walk and then get to a point that she could run and get to a point that at least at one time she was the fastest woman in the world. Exactly. Even though she had that condition of having polio when she was a child. Or I have a nephew who was an NFL football player for a while, who um, grew up in New York City. And I can't remember the name of the man, but there was a, a former football player who went into this city environment to coach kids who otherwise wouldn't have had the opportunity and so anyway, he was um, in this program and that was how he learned what he needed to learn to become a football player. I mean, there were many other choices that he made along the way. So in terms of him happening to live in this neighborhood where this coach happened to be there to have this program to help these kids who otherwise wouldn't have had the opportunities that happening, I would say was probably through the law of attraction. Mm -hmm. I think it's important for people to realize that it's not the laws that cause these things to happen. It's 
the laws set up the energetic conditions for things to happen. And the more we know about them, the more we can consciously harmonize with them instead of having it be something that just happens and we're not conscious of it. And so we don't know why sometimes things work and sometimes they don't. You know, one of the things that I've said on prior shows uh, is the fact that we are 50 trillion cells that vibrate. And uh, you were saying earlier that, um, you know, we are spiritual beings and we are in a physical virtual reality suit. But all of those trillions of cells that are vibrating are either vibrating at a frequency that's positive or negative, which again, you know, is an attraction. So if I am negatively vibrating because of fear and because, you know, I'm afraid I'm, you know, going to get COVID or I'm afraid that my friends are going to, you know, have that. And so my whole life is based upon a fear reaction. What do I need to do to protect myself? Then I'm kind of closing down, you know, the opportunities, I would think, um, you know, for bringing in things that could be fun, positives, because I'm vibrating on a more negative level. Um, I know that our cells can heal, you know, based upon the frequency that is inside your body. So if you have an illness, for instance, then if you're bathing those cells with, um, I can be healthy again, I am healthy, you know, whatever kind of mantras you want to use, that frequency changes internally. And that in turn is going to affect the internal harmony of your body. And in the same way, the externals, you know, of our thoughts affect, you know, us too. So, I mean, I, I think I'm moving in the right direction of what you're talking about, but they all work together that, you know, it's not just one, but it's, it's like they all are in harmony with each other and understanding these universal laws give somebody at least a better chance of getting the life that they want. Yes, I would agree with that. So do you ever do a class, you know, that you, I mean, you talk about teaching, but do you ever do a class where you have people um, maybe involved just as a Zoom program because most people are, are still not doing face-to-face -face programs anymore? Um, that teaches this, you know, with some really concrete exercises to help people learn, you know, how this works. I do. So where do you do them? I uh, do classes on Zoom. I used to do lots of classes in person. I haven't done an in-person class now in probably almost two years because of COVID. I do teach in-person classes on related subjects to some doctors and nurses, but if people are interested in finding out about online classes, they can um, email me at laurel at laurelclark.com, or if they go to my website, laurelclark.com, I actually have a, a link called Linktree that I update classes that I'm teaching. But probably the easiest way to, to find out is just email me and I can tell people what I have currently going on. Okay. What's your favorite class to teach? 
And I've, I mean, because this is such a big, big concept. So I'm sure you shrink it down, you know, so that people are not taking a class for four years. <laughs> but but um, what's your favorite? You know, like, what do you get the most joy in teaching? You know, that's a great question. It kind of changes depending upon the people in the group. I love teaching about universal laws. I love teaching about success principles. Mm -hmm. Realization. All of those are very fulfilling because there are simple practical things that people can do. I love teaching about dreams. Some people don't remember dreams, so they may or may not be interested in that. But for people who are interested in dreams, that is such a wealth of knowledge and wisdom. I know we've done some shows before about that. Mm -hmm. um, so th those are some of my favorites. Do you, you know, coming back with the law of attraction, do you think sometimes that our dreams help to attract, you know, life events that, uh, or are the dream states where we're working through understanding maybe uh, what's happening in our life as opposed to creating what's coming? Yes, I would not say that our dreams attract events. I would say that dreams are one way that the law of attraction um, works so that we can become aware of what we want. There's a practice called dream incubation that's actually a practice of visualization of specifically asking for something that then the dream gives in response. Like it might be a solution to a problem. It might be something that's needed for healing. Um, in fact, this book, the Law of Attraction and Other Secrets of Visualization, the title for that came to me from a dream because oh. I asked my dream for a title that would work for the book. I had the book written. I just didn't have a title. I was satisfied. <laughs> so um, yes, dreams are one of the ways that our subconscious mind communicates with us. And that is how the law of attraction operates. Um, when you say our subconscious mind communicates, is do you have a belief, because I happen to have one, that, that I have spiritual guides. I know that I'm directed quite often, you know, to do certain things that I might not normally do um, because they, you know, have, um, I don't want to say arranged, but they've created a situation where it's for my benefit, you know, to, to experience something. And so um, do you believe that our guides, if we have guides or angelic um, abilities to, you know, I don't know, intercede, um, that that can happen, you know, because it happens to me regularly. And what's really interesting is that when I get messages and I do not get them every night by any stretch, but when I do, and I wake up, the clock always adds up to either the number 11 or seven for me. So, you know, an, an 11 and a 7 are very spiritually uh, connected numbers for a lot of people. I know they are for me, but it's like, okay, they wanted to make sure that I knew 
that that was where the message was coming from. So it's a concrete example by looking at a clock and having it be, you know, one eleven in the morning or, um, you know, it might be 7.31, you know, a.m., something of that nature, but it'll be an 11 or a 7. So what are your thoughts about that? You've said a lot of things. So can you simplify what your question is? What what are my thoughts? What are your thoughts about like either guides or angelic um, individuals interceding into dreams? You know, do you believe that they can? So it's not necessarily a subconscious, but they're coming through your subconscious to give you information when you're in a dream state. I personally have not had that experience. I know other people who have, so I believe it's possible. I don't know if it's um, a universal experience. Mm Mm-hmm. Hmm. Well, I know it's true for me. Um, I have known a few people that this does happen. And, I, and again, I think it's in part being open to it. You know, it's, it's like anything else in life. Uh, if you exercise that option, you know, you might have more experiences if you're kind of closed to it. Um, and for a lot of people, they're closed to it because of you know, how they were trained or religion or, you know, a fear of some sort. And so it's kind of, I mean, you do have to be somewhat vulnerable because you don't always know what the message is going to be. But as it's happened in my life, uh, it's become increasingly a positive thing, you know, because the guidance is being done with a lot of love and a lot of support. So it's not scary function at all. Um, But I've had it since I was 17, which was quite a long time ago now. And um, I had a near death experience at that point. And so the person that appeared, you know, basically was very supportive. And, you know, no, you're not leaving the earth at this particular time, you have a lot that you're going to be doing with your life. And um, so I think it does happen but I don't think it happens in everybody's life. That's for sure. Hmm. So what else would you maybe like to share as far as, as we come to a conclusion on the show, you know, with these universal laws, you know, a a couple of parting comments that you want people to take away with them. I hope that people become aware that we live in a connected universe, if you want to call it that, that I believe that people are basically good and that we each have unique talents, strengths, abilities that we have to give and that we all have lessons that we need to learn. And I think that one of the best ways that the universal laws operate in our behalf is to help those people come together so that what I have to give, I am drawn to, or someone is drawn to me who wants what I have to give and what someone else has to give is I'm drawn to the things that I want to learn. So I think it's a, you know, the fact that you're 
show is called Synergy is pretty appropriate in terms of how universal laws operate. That's very true. And, um, you know, the show is now four years old. Um, and what's fascinating to me is initially, you know, it was a live radio show. And so it opened up at a certain time and closed down at a certain time. And then the next, you know, person had their show following or had to close, you know, before my show started. But um, as the show started, I had no idea, number one, where it was going to go. You know, I just, I was asked to do it. And so I did it. Um, but the people that have come into my life as a result of doing the show, it has grown so substantially with so many individuals that have wonderful messages, you know, to give listeners. And I, to me, it's an honor. It, I mean, you know, yes, I created the show, but it is truly my honor to be able to share um, a stage, if you will, a broadcast stage with so many talented individuals and let their stories be told too. So synergy works, that's for sure. Synergistic happenings. All right, well, please let everybody know one more time how they can reach you. And it'll also be on uh, the platform. So, you know, in the synopsis, um, it'll, it'll be posted there how they can reach you as well. The easiest way to reach me is by email. It's laurel at laurelclark.com. I do have a website that is laurelclark.com. It's in the process of being updated. And uh, people can also go to linktree slash laurelclark and find me that way. Okay. And you said that if um, they want to contact you about upcoming classes and things, they can reach you that way and you'll send them information. Yes. E email is the best way to do that. Okay. Um, in your part of the world, is it beginning to cool down? It kind of fluctuates from day to day. So this week we've had uh, 90 degree temperatures, which is, uh, we actually broke a record the other day, uh, but next week it's supposed to cool down. So we'll see what happens. Oh, yeah. I, the climate has really been different this year, I think, for an awful lot of people and um, certainly all over the world, not just here with record heat. And, and now it's, you know, moving into fall, but I think in some parts of the United States, I know Colorado right now is, has gone from 90 degree days you know, all of a sudden down into the 40s at night. So a rather abrupt change that signals the coming of winter. Well, thank you again for being on the show. And we will talk to you after the first of the year. Sounds great. Thanks for having me. <laughs> You're welcome. Hope everybody goes out there and really makes this your very best life. See you next time. Boomers Forever Young is really making a name for themselves as an exciting nutritional company with products that really work. People from all over the country are starting to take notice. Their whole person approach to health and wellness, combined with their unique array of powerful natural health products, are setting them apart from all the other companies in the nutrition industry. Their customers love the one-on-one -on -one free consultations and the results they experience. Sound a little too good to be true? Then go online to boomerboost.com today and sign up for a free consultation with a product specialist or just give us a call at 1-800-861-4609. Again, that's boomerboost.com or call 1-800-861-4609 to join the thousands already experiencing the benefits of Boomers Forever Young products.